Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Healing with Nama. My name is Casey and today I'm going to be talking about my spiritual awakening and my first dark night of the soul. Don't forget you can find me um, on social media, on Instagram, uh, under I just want to be underscore inspirational. That's A-I-J-U-S-W-A-N-N-A-B-E underscore inspirational. You can also find me under that name on YouTube and un- at, excuse me, <laughs> and at I just want to be underscore insp, I-N-S-P on TikTok. So yeah, let me just get right into it. So my first spiritual awakening, or I guess the beginning of me delving into my spirituality happened in 2016. So this is fall 2016. And um, before I actually had my actual spiritual awakening, I remember being in Hawaii um, with my my family Um, because we were having a family reunion there and I remember we were going to go to this place where there was going to be sea turtles there and I love sea turtles sea turtles are my favorite animal in the world in the whole wide world so you would think I would be super excited you know to go and see them and you know be around them and I wanted to be but I just felt sad and like almost depressed but I didn't know I didn't call it that. I didn't know to call it that. Um, And just empty. And I just wasn't excited to be there. I just felt like I was just there. I was just going through the motions and kind of like I was in a cloud or I don't know how to explain it, but I just wasn't fully present in the moment or um, a lot of the time that we were there, especially in moments where I felt like I quote unquote should be happy I just didn't I just wasn't connecting and I didn't think anything of it because nobody I talked to my mom about it and she's just like well maybe you're just not happy and you know I didn't know what was happening so I didn't think anything of it went on about my life um, and yeah just things were okay nothing major nothing out of the ordinary or or remarkable um, happening. Um, And then in November, I actually met my twin flame. And for those of you who don't know, twin flame connection is something that's very rare. Um, It's a very powerful connection, similar to a soulmate type of connection. However, there are a lot of differences. That may be another episode that I do just to kind of expand on that. But in any case, I met this person and it triggered me into all types of uh, feelings and emotions and everything that I've never felt before. So I was thrown into feeling anxious, having anxiety attacks, um, depressive episodes, panic attacks, just feeling sad and lost and scared and not understanding what was going on and feeling like I was lost and nothing that I knew before made sense. I started to question everything, like my beliefs and why I was here on earth. Why am I, you know, why am I existing? What is my purpose on earth? And 
it was really tough. It came seemingly out of nowhere for me. And I had never experienced this intensity of emotions before, this anxiety, this feeling of impending doom. And I had no idea what was going on. So one minute I would be feeling super anxious and then I would be, you know, okay, still really sad, still a little depressed, but not feeling anxious. And then all of a sudden the anxiety would come back and I felt like it was out of nowhere. And it was just very surprising. I didn't understand what was happening. I had no, like no frame of reference for this at all. So to me, I'm like, okay, well, I must be having a mental breakdown. I must be bipolar or there's got to be something going on with me because I can't seem to regulate my emotions. I'm having all these things. So I have to, there has to be some medical diagnosis for it. And that has to be some type of severe mental disorder. Um, and I did the worst thing that you could do when you have these moments, which is go to Google and Google your symptoms and diagnose yourself. So I came up with all kinds of diagnosis, all kinds of things that were wrong with me, which created even more anxiety and panic because now I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? Now I have this, this disorder, this disease or this whatever, and I don't know how to do this. I don't know how I'm gonna navigate it. Like just going through the whole thing and like throwing myself down a rabbit hole I told my mom at one point, like, I'm just going to check myself into a mental hospital because I don't know what's going on with me. I need some help. I need someone to help me figure this out. And then she told me, okay, if you do that, then you have to stay. They're going to make you stay for 72 hours. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do that because I don't want to stay there for 72 hours. So um, that kind of made me feel like, okay, maybe it's not what I think it is, but there's still something going on. There is still something wrong and I need help. So I started going back to therapy. I had been in therapy a couple years before that for other stuff. And I thought that during this time with whatever was going on with me, the best thing to do was just go back to therapy and have somebody help me figure this out. Luckily they had, um, I was in school at the time and they had free services for students, mental health services. So I was able to start therapy there and start working with a therapist and intern. Um, that really helped me figure things out and sort out my thoughts, my feelings, emotions, understand what the heck was going on and that what I was feeling was anxiety. And Sometimes just putting a name to something makes you feel a whole lot better because you're not wondering what the heck is going on with you or what's wrong with you. You, you can say, okay, it's this and this is how you work through it. So it made me feel better to understand, okay, I'm not bipolar. I'm not having, you know, a mental health crisis that's going to last forever. This is anxiety. This is just something that I've never felt before and there's a way out of this. So it wasn't an easy way out. And of course, in the beginning, I didn't see a way out of it. It was just like, okay, I got, I have this anxiety. I have this generalized anxiety. And now what do I do with this? So it was a long journey. Um, after I started therapy and started working with her and opening up to her about what I had, why I had 
thought that I had started having these anxious feelings, what was going on for me at the time, what was going on for me um, at the time I was doing my sessions, working through past history and trauma and things that may be contributing to what I was dealing with and just understanding my feelings and feeling like somebody understands what I'm saying and I'm not losing my mind. Like, I, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not losing it. Everything that I'm saying is completely normal and there's a reason for it and that just helped me to calm down a little bit and it took a little bit of the guesswork out of it on my part, especially because I went to Google, which is the worst thing you can do. Don't ever do that. If you think something is wrong or something is going on and you don't know, please do not go to Google and try and figure it out. You are, if, unless you are a doctor or a psychiatrist or somebody trained for that kind of stuff, don't even freak yourself out and make it worse like I did um, because I had a new diagnosis for myself every other day and none of them were right. So, And funny enough, I never diagnosed myself with anxiety. It was always something way worse than that. So just stay away from Google, please. Um, yeah. Um, so I went back to therapy and started working with that therapist. And she told me about meditating, which is something I kind of knew about but never did. And there's an app called Calm that you can download on your phone. And I started using that. I started doing meditation every day, just at least 10 minutes a day, trying to get myself trying to get myself into a calmer state of mind and just staying in the present moment, which was extremely difficult and still difficult for me. And I've been meditating for almost going on five years now. So it's still not an easy practice for me. It's still not easy for me to calm my mind and to sit still sometimes. Uh, but, the, but the thing that I wanted to do was create a habit. I wanted to create a new routine for myself. I wanted to do something different than what I had been doing because that obviously hadn't been working and so I had no choice but to try something different. Um, and that helped me think more about calming myself down, staying in a routine. Okay, you have to get up and you have to meditate. Or when you're feeling anxious, you can just sit down and meditate or do these different um, meditation sessions that they have on the app and it was something new and exciting to explore and it helped me just chill just relax a little bit it's also helped me with non-attachment I'm still working through that but it's helped me a lot with not I should say non-reactivity not non-attachment because I'm still working on that but non-reactivity so not reacting so quickly to everything not um, feeling, taking everything to per personal, to heart, not having to run to my phone as soon as it makes noise, just not reacting right away automatically to everything. Something I'm still working on, but it's so much better than what it was. So yeah, so when I was going through the, the toughest part of this, I felt very alone. And a lot of the times I was alone. I, it was just me living with my mom and she had her own thing going on 
um, she was going through her own stuff and she just wasn't able to be there for me in the way that I needed and wanted her to be there. And that was a challenge within itself, you know, to be going through this difficult time and not understanding what's going on, feeling like the world is crashing down around you and you kind of look up and nobody's there was a struggle. It was very difficult to literally be alone. And just sometimes I would just sit in our apartment by myself and cry. I would just lay on the couch and cry. I would listen to gospel music and cry. I would write in my journal and cry. I would just cry because I didn't know what else to do. I felt so hopeless and anxious and sad and depressed and lost that the only thing that I could do was just cry because I didn't understand how I had gotten to that space and I didn't understand how to get out of it. So it was extremely difficult for me to be in that headspace and that mind space to feel alone, to feel like I don't wanna tell any of my friends or anyone else what's going on with me because I'm embarrassed because I don't know how to explain what's happening to me. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like people are gonna think that, you know, something's wrong with me or that I'm crazy. So I can't tell people what's really happening for me, even though um, these are some of my friends that are close to me and I see every day, I have to keep acting like everything's okay. So I went to work and you know went on about my day as if everything was fine but I would be having anxiety attacks panic attacks at work I would just you know kind of do it quietly to myself or I would excuse myself and go into the bathroom or into the break room and just you know try and push through but I never told anybody what was happening for me and I felt like if I did they would judge me excuse me um, so it was, it was super difficult to be by myself and trying to figure it out, crying in the shower, crying all the time and feeling just hopeless. And at no point was I suicidal, but I did have anxious thoughts of, oh my gosh, what if I ever get suicidal? What if I try to kill myself? What if it gets that bad to where I don't want to live anymore? And I can remember being at the edge of my bed, just like hanging on, like grabbing onto the sheets super tight because I felt like if I let go, I would just fall into the abyss. Like I just was hanging on to my sanity and it was so hard to just be in that space and just so confusing also because I didn't know what, I didn't know what was going on and I, I felt helpless at at certain times and so it just was it just was hard I don't know how, what else to how else to explain it it was just really really hard and at a certain point after I don't even know how long it was a month two months couple weeks I really don't know how long it was after going through that every day pretty much having anxiety every day having panic attacks every other day being depressed and just going through life in a fog, I was like, okay, 
I have to do something else. Like even if I'm feeling depressed or anxious, I can't just sit in the house. I can't just sit and let it wash me over. Because at one point I did say, well, I guess I'm just gonna be depressed forever. I'm just gonna, you know, be this blob of a person forever. And that's just how life is gonna be. And I just kind of, kind of sat in that. Um, and I, as time went on, I decided, okay, maybe I don't have to sit in this. Maybe I can move through this. Maybe I can do something different. And maybe I can try to push myself out of this. Whatever this is, I'm going to try and push myself out. And at this point, I had lost a good 20 pounds or so. I was really, really tiny. I thought still in my mind that I was heavy or fat. And looking back on those pictures now, I'm like, I looked sickly because I was just depressed. I couldn't eat. It was just very, very just, I was not myself. And in that, the where I was, I didn't see all of that. But now looking back, I can understand it. But in the midst of it, it was just not a good situation. So anyway, I started forcing myself to do things alone all the time. So during the weekends, uh, when my mom would be gone and I would be at the apartment by myself, instead of just sitting in the house crying all day, I'd be like, okay, you have to get out and do something. You have to go eat by yourself. You have to text your friends and see if they wanna go get lunch. You have to take initiative to go hang out at, my, at dad's house and go visit your little baby brother at, at your dad's house and spend time over there. And one time I went to the beach by myself and just sat there and read a book, like so uncomfortable, of course, because I wasn't used to doing things by myself. It was very awkward. I was insecure. I was worried people were gonna look at me weird, self-conscious, all that stuff, but I did it anyway. I was like, I'm not gonna just let this wash me over. I have to do something different because what I'm doing right now is not working. It's not getting me out of this stuck place and I'm tired of feeling like this. So I'm gonna get out and do something as much as possible and start saying yes when people ask me to hang out instead of making excuses and being like, no, I don't want to or because I also was experiencing social anxiety so it was just like nope if somebody asks hey you want to do this yep i'm gonna go you want to go to lunch yep do you want to go to this party yep and just deal with whatever came from that when it happened most of the time i enjoyed myself you know it wasn't an issue or anything like that it's just the initial uh anticipatory anxiety so the anxiety coming from anticipating what could or should or would happen instead of just getting out and doing it and experiencing it and then allowing that to be to just be what it is you know uh, the only way that you find out what's going to happen is if you just do it so i had to start pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and doing things that made me extremely uncomfortable and were awkward and weird and forced me to rely on myself and to trust myself and to build my confidence and to say, I don't always need to be with somebody else. I don't need to be codependent on somebody else when I wanna go and do something and nobody's free or nobody wants to. That doesn't mean that I don't go. I can still go by myself and that's okay. So 
that's what I did. And I just kept doing that and I kept doing that and I was diligent about making sure that I kept doing it. Even the smallest thing, no matter what it was, it didn't have to be every single moment. Like every time somebody asked me to go out, I had to say yes or something like that. I didn't force it. I didn't force it in the sense of making it something else to be anxious about. I just said, when I had that thought or had that feeling that, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting lonely or I'm getting anxious, okay, get up and move, get up and do something. So it wasn't something where I was super rigid about it and like, you know, making myself more anxious about not being anxious. It's just like, just, just do it. No thinking, just get out and do it. Safely, of course, of course you wanna be safe because you're gonna be out alone, you wanna be mindful of your surroundings, all that stuff. Um, you never want to put yourself in harm's way, but calculated risks are really important. So I opened up to my friends eventually. This is, you know, a couple months into me having the first initial breakdown or whatever you want to call it and getting myself to a little bit more of a stable place. I started telling my friends what was going on just very like just little by little. I didn't delve into everything, but I just kind of let them know what I was going through and they related, you know, they understood and they had been through it themselves or they knew someone who had gone through it. And so it made me feel a little less alone, a little less abnormal or strange. And I guess taught me that I can trust people. And that was another thing. I didn't trust anyone to tell them what was happening for me. So taking that leap of faith and just opening up and being vulnerable and saying, hey, this is what my experience is, allowed me to learn that I can trust people. I can open up and they won't, if they're really my friends or they're really somebody that cares about me, they're not gonna make me feel badly. They're not gonna judge me. They're going to encourage me and they're gonna understand or at least try. And that's how you know if you have a real friend or not. And of course, you can make friends and people can be your friends for a while and then eventually you just kind of outgrow each other or life happens and not everybody's meant to stay in your life forever and that's just something that you have to go through when you start opening up. Um, but the point is to just start opening up and letting people know, hey, I am having a hard time. I am suffering. I need some help. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to describe it I don't know what to tell you but I just do not feel okay and I need your help and that's just the first step don't suffer in silence don't suffer alone don't feel like you know you can't talk to anyone find someone to talk to I know some situations it's easier said than done but you have to start somewhere so try try your best to find somebody that will listen to you and will help you Another thing that I started to do during this time was to journal. So just writing, at first it was kind of scribbly, didn't really make sense. It just was kind of like things that had happened throughout my day, maybe like bullet points. And then I started to get more descriptive and really go throughout what my day looked like and kind of detail that and how I felt. And then I got more comfortable and was able to put those feelings that I would never say out loud onto the paper <clears throat> because I didn't feel, I wasn't worried about 
being judged anymore. I wasn't worried about, oh my gosh, what if somebody finds this? I was just like, this is, I trust that this journal is going to stay protected and safe and nobody would invade my privacy like that. And so I'm gonna write what I need to write in here because I need to get it out of my head and onto paper. And that just helped me a lot to clear my head, to say what I wanted to say, to get out the things that sounded crazy, but maybe one day wouldn't be so crazy, um, that one day would make sense or would come true. And to also um, just feel safe. I felt like this is my safe space. This is, if I can't be anywhere else and be safe, I can be in my journal and I can be safe. So. And then too, I learned, you know, after a couple months or years of doing it, that going back and looking at my journals is kind of fun for me now because I can say, wow, look at the person that I was at that point or look at how I made it through X, Y, or Z or, you know, I can't believe that that's what I was thinking at that time. I totally don't feel that way at all anymore. So it just kind of gives you a, a good, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but a good point of where you were, where you are, where you're going, how you've changed, what you could be doing differently, maybe something you wrote down that you never got to, all that good stuff is um, why I really like to journal. And even now, I don't journal every single day. I used to, like, like clockwork, force myself to write every single day and had to do it. And over the years, I've kind of gotten a little bit more lax I have a lot of journals, a lot of journals for different things. That's just how my brain works. I like to have a journal for certain things. So if I'm in a certain mood or I'm thinking about something, I know where to go for that specific topic. That's just what works for me. Um, you can journal however works for you. Um, some people even do voice journaling. Personally, I like to put pen to paper because it just makes it more real and concrete. And and yeah, so you can, and sometimes if I don't have anything specific to say, like it wasn't a very eventful day, or I just don't feel like writing, I will just open my journal and I'll say, you know, this is the date, I really don't know what to say, or I don't really have much to say, or I feel like writing, but I don't really know what to write. And that way it just kind of keeps me in the habit of opening my journal, writing something down, keeping an entry, and just kind of, keeps the, the habit forming, especially when you're in the early stages of it and you haven't developed the habit yet, it's good to just just do it. Even if you're not saying anything, it doesn't always have to be something meaningful or whatever. It can just be, I, I don't know what to say, but I wanna write, I just don't know what to write. And then that's the end, close it up, try again the next day. So another thing was prayer. So during this time, I learned about um, spirituality my own way. So growing up, I wasn't really, I didn't grow up in the church. I had some church experience, but it wasn't something that was part of my childhood. It wasn't really something that I enjoyed as, a, you know, when I did start going as a teen, because it was like my mom forcing me to go. And it just wasn't something that, I liked and so I had to go through this whole thing of figuring out what my spirituality looked like my connection to God looked like do I believe in God am I a Christian am I a Buddhist am I 
Why do I believe in the things that I believe in? Who is, who is God? Who is Jesus? Who, like all these different things that I never thought about before. And I had just kind of been going through the motions and saying, I, you know, I pray I do this, that, and the other, but I never understood why. I just did it because that's what you do. Especially as um, a black person, a black woman, we pray, we go to church, we believe in Jesus, that's just what we do. And I wanted to understand more about myself and why I wanted to believe and to pray and all that kind of stuff. Who was I praying to and why? What did I understand about prayer? What did I understand about spirituality versus religion? And what felt good to me and what didn't feel good to me? In learning that I am allowed to choose that. I don't have to subscribe to one thing or another just because I'm, you know, I'm black or I should believe this or I should believe that. I don't have to do that. I can believe whatever I want to believe and I'm allowed to feel that way. And what I came to learn is through, and during this time, I got a Bible, I started reading the Bible, started reading through the Bible, getting curious about the Bible stories and what do they sound like and you know, what, what is this referencing to and asking friends if I could go to church with them and going church with, to, to different types of church, to Catholic church, to non-denominational church and really exploring and understanding what that looked like, what ideals aligned with me and what didn't and being okay with the fact that I felt differently. I didn't feel like a Christian. I didn't feel like a Catholic. I didn't feel like a whatever. I didn't feel like I fit into any of those boxes, but I knew I believed in God. I knew I wanted to pray. I knew that I felt protected and I believed in angels and believed in praying and all that stuff. So my solution to that was to just not subscribe to any one religion and to be a spiritual person so to me that means that i don't think that one certain religion can be the only the only answer if other people have different religions i believe that it's a manner of what you've been taught what you believe what works for you um, there's truth in all of them there's some things that i agree with some things that i don't and for me it just doesn't and didn't make sense to subscribe to one when I don't fully believe wholly, wholeheartedly in just one. I can find truth in lots of different ones. And for me, as long as the message is to spread love, to believe in God, to be a positive person, to be kind, um, and all of those different things, as long as that is the overarching theme and goal, then I am okay with that and that is where my heart is so people who know me and, and people who don't know me people who have gotten to experience me know where my heart is and excuse me how my heart is the type of person that I am and that starting to make me more comfortable in letting people see my spirituality and how I explain it and how I experience it because I don't have to experience it the way that another person does just because they say that it works for them or this is the only right answer I don't believe that because how can it be that it's the only right answer for you but this person was you know raised in this country and this is how they practice and how they believe and it leads them to God 
it can't be wrong it's just different so say all that to say during this spiritual awakening that I had I had to formulate my own version of what that looked like and I had to ask questions and I had to figure it out and I had to pray and I had to listen and all of that stuff and things started happening and I felt like I started getting signs and I felt like I started hearing you know God telling to talk to me and tell me stuff and getting more into having faith in something and it worked for me and it works for me it's something that I have to hold on to because in moments of this darkness or whatever I don't that's what I have that's all that I have is my faith and I will hold on to that and I will not um, explain or defend my beliefs to anyone else because I don't want anyone to explain or defend their beliefs to me that's how you were raised or that's what you believe that's what you chose that's fabulous for you this is what works for me and my heart is always set on being a loving encouraging kind person and showing my belief in God and how God works through me in the way that he allows it to work through me so I hope that makes sense but I believe that God can use anybody and he uses me in the way that he sees fit and in a way that works for me that under that makes sense to me and that filters out to other people who think the way that I do so there has to be different ways of getting the message out there and there has to be different types of people who believe different types of things to reach those same types of people so yeah so yeah that's um, what the spiritual awakening taught me and then just learning more about myself what I liked what I didn't like of course with the spirituality um, with people with places with things with everything started to understand myself more who am I what do I like why do I like these things why do I think this way where did this come from all those things that I kind of just went along with for my whole life at you know 26 or 27 just wasn't working anymore because I'm like why I'm like a two-year-old why 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 I don't know why so I had to figure it out I started setting boundaries and at first I think I set boundaries too I set too high of a boundary or, or standard it was too much to where it was like nobody is crossing this boundary don't even try it like just no 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 across the board and it was too intense to where I, I needed to find balance between this is a boundary and this is just you know not that big of a deal so everything doesn't have to be a boundary some things it's just kind of like relax go with the flow it's okay it's not that big of a deal and some things do need to be set boundaries of like this is no longer okay with me this is how I would like to be treated moving forward I will not accept anything less and it was very tricky it's still very challenging especially with family especially with your parents you can't really talk to your parents in a certain way um, but you can well I'm not gonna tell you how to talk to your parents cuz I don't want any trouble but for me it was like I want to just be honest in a respectful way and say I really don't like this this is not making me feel good and I would rather you know not have that relationship that type of relationship with you and it's gotten so much better especially with my mom you know in the beginning she didn't understand she was you know confused like why are you acting like this you're different and you know da 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 now 
our relationship has gotten so much better to where we can have discussions and things of that nature and doesn't have to end in an argument or her, you know, trying to exercise her power over me. She's understanding that I am my own individual person and I can make my own choices and I can respectfully come to her and say, this is how I'm feeling and this is what I like and I don't like and have that be okay. Still a work in progress, obviously, but it's so much better than how it used to be. And and yeah, I just, one other thing that I learned too is not to push my enlightenment onto others. So everything that I was learning was so amazing, so wonderful. The crystals, the reading this book and reading that book and, and hearing this podcast was so awesome that I wanted everybody to experience the joy that I had found. And I wanted them to do journaling and do this and do that. You had to do it this way. Do, do this. Here, here, here. And it was too much to where it was like, I'm not allowing people to have their own experience, their own journey, have it look how they want to look. It's overbearing. It's it's kind of disrespectful in a way because you're not respecting their boundaries and you think you know what's best for everyone and you, and you don't. You just don't. So it can be helpful. It's not always helpful. So sometimes what you have to say is helpful, but there's a time and a place. And sometimes if people didn't ask you for your opinion or what you thought or what you, you would do or your suggestions, you need to keep it to yourself. And that's okay. And sometimes you just have to learn how not to say anything and to just be quiet. And that's something that I'm still working on because I learned that I am opinionated sometimes and I have things that I think people should do, but it's not up to me to, to tell people how to live their lives or what they should be doing. I can make a suggestion, I can offer advice, or sometimes I can just be quiet and listen. That's it. And overall, with my spiritual um, routine, it inc still includes meditation, journaling, prayer, um, all that stuff. Currently, I'm in the second Dark Night of the Soul, which will be another episode. So some new things have been added. And sometimes I have to change it up because I know for me, when I'm feeling, when I have anxiety and I'm feeling really anxious meditation doesn't work anymore for me it makes me more anxious so I have to find other ways to calm my anxiety now so whereas it worked for me for a period of time for anxiety it doesn't anymore so it's something I can do when I'm not feeling anxious and just kind of switching it up and not forcing myself to stay in the same um, type of spiritual routine because it's been working because it's just like anything else. Um, after a while, you get used to it and it doesn't have the same effect anymore. And so the point of this episode was just to talk about what that experience was like for me, what I did um, to kind of pull myself out of that um, dark space, that dark night of the soul. And of course, there's way more that happened, you know, but that would be a three hour long episode so this is just um the basis like the base core stuff that happened the highlights the bullet points of how that happened for me and my journey to where i am now and um how i kind of dug myself out of that hole at that particular time 
if you are struggling or if you feel like you are in your dark night of the soul your spiritual awakening or whatever it is that you're going through and you feel like you don't know or you don't understand just please ask for help please don't suffer in silence please let somebody know that you are suffering you are drowning you need help somebody throw me a lifeline just let somebody know okay if you don't have someone around you that you can trust um, seek outside help if you can um, send me a dm i'll try to be a source of support for you as much as possible you know i'm still a human i still have you know my own things going on but i'd like to be a source of support for anyone that i can be a source of support for or information and just don't give up don't let it take you over don't let it take you under just push through find things to make you happy find one bright spot in each day and let that pull you forward to the next day and the next day and the next day and eventually when you start taking action and doing small little things those things will build up in you and you won't be in that space forever but please don't just suffer in silence and sit in the yuckiness move through it and move out of it as best you can seek help and support and i am always here for you know if somebody needs something i can do the best that i can do if not i can you know kind of give you ideas of resources and you kind of have to be willing to do your part as well so thank you for joining me i hope you enjoyed this episode check me out on the next episode don't forget to like subscribe follow all that good stuff, share the podcast, and I'll see you next time.